Um, it was it was it was a different dish for me. I really couldn't taste the difference to know that it was a beef heart. Okay. Um, the only way I knew it was because every time I bit it, Dad was like, "That's good heart." You know what I'm saying? And it was like, if you could just stop saying beef heart, I can probably just eat it and not even know it's there. Like, and people say this is a good piece of beef, but when you gotta yeah. keep putting the heart on the burger, <laughs> and I just like to take the time. I yeah. say I appreciate all the dishes, but the fact that y'all keep putting the emphasis on the parts of the body that <laughs> Negroes don't necessarily eat, like I want you to know that this bacon is from the jowl. I'm like, the inside is like, mom, we was salivating. Oh, okay, that part. Okay, all right, thank you. You know, it's thinly sliced. It was Try delicious. Try some more anus bologna. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I mean, emphasis on the anus. You know what I'm saying? You see that big fried bubble? That's the anus. <laughs> Put the little mustard around there. Homemade with a little year. With my people though The homie Dyke just cooked up a feast And we bout to eat it bro Fucked around and has to miss the lobster with the protein Daddy is rolling blow dream Them boys got down a routine It's nap town culture Cooking seven courses Had to pass the torch and now I'm grabbing second portions So sit back, relax, grab a drink and a smoke It's all the brunch on the way And get prepared for the jokes Whoa Hi, and welcome to the Harder Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels, and with me as always, my co-host, Thaddeus J. McKee. Slap it, pappy, went, went. On the ones, the twos, the wheels, the seal, the sauce, boss of Indianapolis and the last woke dragon. Give it up for Zach Roan. Hey there. And a very special guest with us in studio, all the way from Detroit, uh, comedian Melanie Hearn. Welcome to the program. What up, doe? How are you doing today? I am full. And blessed and high. <laughs> Perfect. That's that sounds like a hell of a Sunday right there. It is. It's a triple threat. Thank you so much for uh, for sticking around in town and, and hanging out with us and coming on the program today. Anything for you too. Um, how how are your shows in Indy this weekend? Um, they were actually pretty good. The first show um, I did Friday in a little small town in Avon. Mm-hmm. So is that a suburb or something? Yeah. Okay. So everybody did it feel like the suburbs. It did. Okay. It did. Like everybody went to bed early, and um, it was kind of weird. Like I had to kind of break the group in a little bit because they were kind of you know they were a little tight in the beginning. Mm. But uh, after that, after I had to break them in, yeah, and, you know we were kind of good from there. Um. But yeah, and then yesterday I was in Fort Wayne. At uh, Fort Wayne Comedy Club, so that okay. was pretty cool. Yeah, a um, lot of cornfields out here. Lot yeah. of lot of <laughs> lot, lot of land. A lot of places disappear. A lot of places, but um, the crowds were great. Everybody received my jokes pretty good. Uh, you know, they bought my merchandise, made some fans. So, all in all, I had a good trip. Thanks. Now you said you brought some merch. I did. Here. What, what, what are you working you with? What I did. Got? Oh, uh, glad you guys has. I also gifted you guys. I bought oh. some with you. Um, I'm out here doing ministry. And I have these shirts, and they say you can't rap, bitch. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. sometimes this is my ministry that I'm doing because it's just too many mm. rappers out here yeah. that think you know that they can rap and you can't. And mm. I think it's equally important to build up somebody's dreams as it is to be honest and kill them. You know mm. what I'm saying? So that's my part. So you have people that's like, I'm on the dream ministry. Well, I'm on the dream killer ministry. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever met a black person that said they couldn't rap though? I don't think I ever. No, we all think we can rap. We all think we got bars. (laughs) Even your pastor, you know, he tried to put a little something together on Sunday. Because Ezekiel saw the wheel went up in the middle of the wheel. (laughs) Holla, holla. You'd be like, hey, pastor, stick to the books. You got 66 books to stick to, brother. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) 
Have you have you ever in your experience dated someone that maybe thought that they had like uh, you know aspirations of becoming a professional rapper? Um, yes, that was the the muse behind the actual <laughs> shirt itself. Uh, he's the one that came up with the uh, the whole shirt idea and concept because we were in a relationship, mm. and that said relationship did go left because he could not rap. Um, <laughs> and then we got into an argument and, you know, he tried to throw a low blow and, you know, and, and dog me out and, and call me names. And she, you know, sometimes me and like, no, you be all. And I was like, all right, cool. No problem. No problem. Yeah. And then I just rolled off like, you can't rap. You know? <laughs> and then it like, was hey, more. You should make a shirt out of that. Yeah. yeah. And then it went from there. I'm leaving you, but make uh, a shirt. <laughs> you know, and then it was just when I started doing a joke, I just saw how many people in the audience really received what I was saying. Like, they were really like, oh, my gosh, I know that person. I feel that. And. From there, so it was a spite shirt. Yes, nice. Yes, I like it. We we love a good spite shirt around here. Yeah, we do. We we got some shirts over our, our, your own co-host that uh, we made an angel shirt of him. He, he's dead now. Oh yeah, uh-huh. we, did, we didn't make an R.I.P. Chris King shirt. That is correct. Uh, yeah, I love a good spite shirt. Uh, I, this podcast was kind of made out of spite. Was really? it? Like, uh, well, I, it was originally like a social club to go out like brunching together. And the first time I went, I got like 10 people. And the second time was like four. And the third time, no one showed up. And then I was like, well, I'll just brunch by myself. I'll just turn my, <laughs> I'll just turn my own brunch party. I don't need nobody. And now you got everybody. And now, yeah. See, yeah. see how stuff works? Yeah, it started all from spite. You didn't even need them. Uh, now, are you, you live up in Detroit, but are you actually in Detroit? Or are you from the, from the, so where are you from originally? I am from the innards of the murder capital. I am from <laughs> Detroit, born and raised. You said the innards? The innards <laughs> of, the, of the murder capital. Old you know, Testament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised. You know, certain things you see in the murder capital that, that just lets you know you're from there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, Detroit's gotten better. Like recently, that's what in the, they say. In the yeah, past yeah, yeah, that's years, what right? they say. Yeah. Well, how do you feel? They say it. You know what I'm saying? You know, ask my cousin who got their Kia stole. That's what they say. <laughs> oh shoot! Ask my cousin that got their car stole. No, I'm just saying. Um, it's like any other urban city, you yeah. know, and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, it's still got its fair share of crime and yeah. everything. I'm telling you, this this is the thing about Detroit. Detroit gets a bad. Rap, we just don't operate like everybody else. Mm. You can go to Chicago and Atlanta yeah. and other places and you can do the touristy stuff. You need an escort when you come to Detroit. Just simple mm. as that. That's yeah. all it is. If you got an escort, you're going to have the best time of your life. You're going to be like, I love Detroit. Yeah. It was cool and all that. We just don't take kindly to just outsiders just riding. We just don't know. We, we, we suspicious of people. Mm. So if you got a bona fide Detroit, not Detroit adjacent, yeah. you know, you need to make sure that they are within the miles okay they have to be between Warren and eight mile okay oh, any streets it. in between yeah you have an official escort if they give you anything other don't yeah. do it Marshall Matters almost didn't make it he almost didn't make it he almost didn't make it if he was ninth mile he wouldn't be a rapper he was he right there yep was that a spinoff of a family matters uh no you know Marshall Eminem oh oh Eminem no! uh, <laughs> Zach, did you get that <laughs> reference? Yeah, I think so. Of course he did. <coughs> I thought it was Marshall Mathers. I'm sorry. I, I, mis- I misunderstood. What did I say? I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> when we went up there, uh, we had Joanna Madronda uh, take us around. And I feel like she gave a, I feel like I didn't see a lick of hood when I went up there. If you would have told me Detroit was like one of the wealthiest cities in the nation, I would have been like, I believe it. Cause we only saw the, like the dope parts. She took us like to the aquarium and like, you know, to like just 
three different shows and she lives in the suburbs yeah. and then we went out to like nice little like food spots and everything and I was oh. like Detroit's cute I don't know what all this fuss is about and that's literally uh, that's literally one block north yeah. of of Detroit and mm. so um, it's funny you said that because Everywhere she took you was Oakland County, which is one of the richest counties in the nation. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Yeah, because so every was, city within that county is above, over, and above like the, mm, the wealth level. So, yeah. Yeah. Because when I went up with Dwight, I wanted to get like a bulletproof onesie afterwards. I was like looking it up on Amazon. <laughs> how, to, how do I get something that covers my face? Listen, I, I'm, I'm real with it. I used to work at the cemetery. I would have took you to Proof Grave. You know what I'm saying? Listen, if you want to go. Proof I Grave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he in the wall at uh, Woodlawn Cemetery in Detroit. What a name oh. for a grave. Like, I just oh, you talking about from uh, D12? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, you ain't, you ain't even go to the right Coney Islands. You know what I'm saying? Well, they didn't take like it was they went to a Coney Island where it was no bulletproof glass. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> if there's no bulletproof glass, yeah. And and the girl behind there like, what you want? And you like, uh, 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 uh I'm going to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't have time to say um in Coney Island. You need to know your order because mm-hmm. you got to get shots. So you got to hurry up and get it out. Cheese and cheese, no cheese on fries, squeeze cheese, and go. Bam, I'm out. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got time to be. Perusing through the menu at two o'clock in the morning? No. <laughs> yeah. Say no peruse kind of town. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I'm sorry. Bush League. That was Bush League. That was me. Oh, you know what that timer means? It's time for our announcements. Hey, Tinker Coffee. If you like Tinker Coffee, you should probably drink it. <laughs> but you don't know if you don't like it if you don't drink it. Tinker Coffee. It's in the mouth. That's yeah. That's our sponsor. <laughs> that was our sponsor timer. That was great. Thank you. It was great. I got, I got an applause break from Zach. Uh, when the first time that uh, we met you was in a house show in Detroit. Oh my gosh! And I remember, <laughs> I remember you came over. We were hanging out. Uh, I think some people were smoking. I'm not sure if it's legal. It's legal in Michigan. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah people were smoking, and uh, you came over, and like I didn't know you were a comic, and I was like. This woman's real friendly. <laughs> like you're like, how how's it going? How's the show? You know, kind of ask a question. And I feel like I could tell you're kind of. I could tell from immediately that you were a person who's like never met a stranger, and you can feel comfortable talking to anybody. Because I was like, you just slipped in, and then we just started hanging out, and I was just like, man. It's- I didn't even know you were a comic. I just I like she's that. just having a good time, you know. Like she's, and then you went up, and then not only you're a comic, but you were the headliner. And you, I was like, I feel like I was watching TV, you know, like what, like you, you, I I watch a lot of comedy, you see a lot of shows and I was like, oh, she's like TV ready. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is, this is like too good for a house show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And yeah, and I, I I was just amazed and I've been a a big fan ever since. I appreciate it because that is true. We met right next to a dryer. (laughs) A dryer in the case of White Claw or something or something. And we were jammed in the corner, you, me, Hannah, and we were all jammed in the corner. (laughs) Um, Trying not to mess up nobody's laundry, but wanting to go through the laundry at the same time. Like, so they just not going to fold these clothes properly. Yeah. And they knew they had people coming over. So, uh, like, we were legit in the basement and it was. I felt it, like it was maybe an illegal show too. I felt like it was real questionable if we were supposed to be there or not. Yeah, like it, we were like two people over needing a permit. Right? Yeah, if we were one more person, they were shutting it down. Yeah. Like the fire yeah. marshal was coming in and locking all of us in. Like we needed one. I think that's why people kept going in and out. 
So that yeah. way the fire marshal yeah. would never just see a whole set of people in yeah. there at one time. Yeah, people got a ticket. Like you had a half hour, you had to get out. Yeah, you got to go. Back in. And that's what people don't understand as comedians. Like y'all came all the way from Indianapolis and then, you know, y'all like, ah, oh, shoot. We, you know, we got shows up in Detroit and then you come downstairs and it's basement. You know what I'm saying? It's, it wasn't even like a finished, finished basement. It was like, so, when everybody cleared this out, we about to come back down here and watch TV. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it wasn't even like, and I'm not knocking. It was just like, yeah. Oh, this this like basement, basement. This I'm, is not. I'm not gonna lie. I love a good basement show. Yeah. I, There's I, something the about the crowd like, was nice. The, the, the crowd was, was nice. The crowd was nice. Every show we did was real interesting because we did like an outdoor bar show the first night, then we did that basement show the second night, and then we did the uh, shipping container show. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, on yeah. Sunday, and with that, that was. I'm trying to explain that to people that aren't from Detroit is like, well, there's this whole like mall basically that's made out of shipping containers. And then one of them, they just have a comedy show in like sounds on Sunday a lot night. worse than yeah. <laughs> you would imagine. Yeah. It sounds like the, the boxcar children went, <laughs> that was like the fanciest place we were at. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, the shipping company, I'm sure it was the, yeah, I know it was. Cause I'm like, yeah, I know where y'all were at. So that was about the fanciest way, but all good spots though, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like oh, for yeah. sure, for sure. Um, shout out to club independent and Hamtramck. Um, it's a, club ran by comedians for comedians and you know i think y'all were there too um and it's just a really dope spot to go to shout out johanna yeah johanna and the uh rest of the crew over there but a good basement show that don't smell like mothballs yeah that one didn't (laughs) but a a good basement show that don't smell like mothballs is is perfect there was not that much stand i remember i was like standing in front of you the whole time it was was, like trying to duck like so you could see the jokes like who's this girl back here like why is she sitting all the way in the back? <laughs> there must be a seat up there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you went on stage and just like took control. It was crazy. Also, I think we were the only grown folks in there too, which because uh, I was just like, I, I should have been a dead giveaway that you were a comic because it was just like I feel like we're the only people over thirty in here. <laughs> we, you know what, we were, we were, um, and everybody was in there grown. And it's a funny story because you know I tell it now, but it's like. And then, like, when y'all met me, then everybody was in there because it was like I was on the first date with this dude. Mm. And uh, everybody was like, so whose dad is in here? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> so I was like, now I didn't came in here with this old ass white man. So everybody <laughs> like, whose dad's here? And I'm like, Ugh. The guy with a monocle? That guy? <laughs> the guy with the monocle and the camera? You, you brought the Monopoly man with the you? Monopoly <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. You brought the Monopoly man with me. That was uh, him. The Monopoly I man. I shook up with him. He's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, that was him. <laughs> I think I bumped him too hard because his teeth fell out. But like after that, he was cool. He was cool in the fan. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, man. You know, the kind of that just be asking people like, so how much was the setup? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, oh. yeah. That's a that's a bold move to bring a, a date to. Was it like a first date or you've been dating? Uh, it was like a second date oh, type okay. thing. That's still uh, kind of a bold move. You know what? He white manned me. Yeah. I didn't ask for it. He was just mm. like, hey, uh, you got a show? And I was like, yeah. Send me the address. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I'm already there. He beat me there. Like, so what's your ETA? What? Who's Etta? I know Etta James, but I don't know about this ETA. No. No. He did. He beat me there. Yeah, well now, yeah, so no wonder you did a good job. You could have have to at that point. You're like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, I see what That's you're doing. why we be having rules. We don't like the holes at the shows, man. Yeah. No holes at the show. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I like a nice uh, escape plan. You know, I feel like I feel like you you brought sand to the beach is what you did. Yeah. You know, like. 
Yeah, I don't like. I don't like. To, I don't like to set myself up like that. I know because when you mess up, then it's like an awkward. You know, like I thought you was better than that. You'd be like, <laughs> Have you ever? Have you ever bombed in front of a date? Then, no, no. I'm sorry, I wish I had like a good story about it. Mm-hmm. I remember. I mean, I brought like girls to a, a show and they were like loud. Yeah, oh yeah. Kind of like you have before. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah. I think we've all done that. Oh. <laughs> Like where you're like, oh, I, I'm not with her. Like she's being too loud. Like, oh yeah, trying to represent. I'm like, this is this is not. I it. had to I had to leave a show at Helium one time because I brought a chicken and I didn't realize she was drunk. Mm. And then we got in for free, and then she started like low low grade heckling, and I was like, what are you doing? Like you can't you can't do this. You can't you're gonna get me in trouble. You That's why we only break because they be like, well, you can't embarrass me. That's yeah. why I wanted to rule you. But like, hey, are you gonna embarrass me? Yeah. Okay, if you're gonna embarrass me, you ain't, you ain't coming. They always promise they won't. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. I think I'm gullible. I'm like, oh, you're not gonna say anything. This is time. Good. Well, <laughs> I, I was I was new in the game too, and so I was just like, I like you can't you can't fuck this up for me. I had to walk out of David Tell. I had to like walk out and even get to watch him. Ah, because I was like, she was about to take the whole show down with her. Like she was. Oh, like, you would have been done. Yeah, she was on. Yeah, I was like, she I don't. Terrorist. Yeah, she was gonna she was gonna fuck up the show and then get herself roasted and then get me roasted. You would have been and, done. And I was just like, no, I had to toss her in an Uber and get out of there. I've done that to people. I've walked away from people. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I did it. Like, You're not gonna embarrass me like no, that. No. I did it. I can't. I don't embarrass very easily, but other people can embarrass me. Or it's where you're at. Like I was, I had a, a, some people came to see me at a comedy show and they got drunk and didn't want to pay the staff and all that stuff. And um, I was at the comedy store and one of my friends was like, you better walk away. I like, you don't know them. And I was <laughs> like, I walked dead away. I, I went on the parking lot and they all texting and calling. Where are you? I left. I'm gone. I ain't even about to sit around for mm, this one. Because yeah. all it takes is one thing for people like, oh, that's they all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are not all together. Nope. I'm going Harlem nice on you. Do you know him? <laughs> no, we are not. She'd be like, why? Because we're black. I don't know them. I don't know them. I might look at you like, I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> what? News to me. The news to me. That's what they say. <laughs> what do you think is worse? Bombing in front of someone you like or someone that like that's your friends and family? Uh, there's always like, there, there's always like a, like I, you've, you've walked in at a couple unfortunate moments and like, I could, there's such a delight on your face, mm. but that's, it's a very like, it's like watching your brother get in trouble. You know what I'm saying? It's like watching your brother get scolded by your parents. It's like, it's fun and funny, you yeah. know, and you know, you would do the same thing if the roles were reversed. Yeah. So I think there is more of a comfortability with that. There is a thing about strangers. Um, I never want anyone that I like to like. I never want like a girl that I think's cute to watch me bomb. Like that's so that's so rough. I'm sorry. I'm still laughing at the time we went to Atlanta and there was like maybe twelve people in the room, half paying attention. And there's twelve. A- there was six people in that room. Okay. Maybe. I look at the glass half full. We went, we left a show to double dip to go to this mic. And we left like this bougie restaurant show downtown Memphis. Mm-hmm. We go to this after hours black owned pizzeria. They were having an open mic. And we walked in and the first room's popping and everyone's having a good time. I was like, oh man, this is a fun like party atmosphere. This is cool. And then we saw the comedy room uh. and it was six people in there. There was a guy on stage eating shit. And I was just like, we looked at each other like we both knew like we, we're not doing this, you know, like there's no reason to. And then the host came out as like, oh, young brothers from Indianapolis. Oh, we, we, we got space for you. We're like, no, it's cool, man. It's cool. We don't have to go up. Like, it's fine. <laughs> 
Nobody, there's nobody in there. He's like, no, 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 we'll get you up. We'll get you each 10 minutes. And I went up and I just remember these two women were sitting in there. You know, black women have this look that they, they know every bad thing you've ever done, you know? <laughs> and it was just this look of like, you ain't shit. You ain't never going to be shit. And so I did not start off with a lot of confidence at all. And I'm like, in, I'm into like my first couple jokes and I have this act out. And like, I knew it was coming and Thad knew it was coming and we made eye contact. <laughs> and it was like, we had this whole like telepathic conversation where he was like, you're not going to do the act out, are you? And I was like, oh shit, I have to do the act out. And he was like, what you going to do? And I was like, I guess I'm doing the act out. And then I just did it half-assed and I just, uh, it felt so dirty. I was so uncomfortable because when he started that joke, I knew how he had to end it. I'm just like, had my hands on my head. I'm like, oh, he's going to do this. And I'm looking at him and he just starts fake humping the air. <laughs> Like, you know, you hear this lady in the back, oh, no. Oh, hell no. When you start hearing people praying out loud to your act out, then yeah. there's something wrong. Oh, you had to commit to the bit. I had to commit. Yeah, it was rough. It was a rough set. And you halfway committed, too. And then, yeah, I did. You yeah. didn't do the full thing. He's like, the I hear down his yeah, face. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. It was but I was ashamed. Sad. I was ashamed of myself. And we still got paid, too. <laughs> it's one of those places where they sold, like, the weed lemonade. Oh, yeah. It was wild. Like, yeah, we both bombed, and then they just dapped us up with, like, handfuls of cash. I was like, this is the wildest mic I've ever been with. <laughs> It was pretty well. It was the most we got paid in Memphis. Why? And that's Why what Memphis that is about. Making easy money, pimping hoes and stuff. You got Memphis. I guess. <laughs> I learned a lot. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, it was a fun experience minus the comedy. <laughs> like we did not have to perform there. Oh, that I'm just made my heart myself. hurt for you. I'm going to tell myself that place was weird because they were selling weed lemonade, mm. and I was like, "Oh, I'm in Memphis. I'm going to buy a joint. Like, like, is there anywhere I could get weed?" And the guy's like, "I got you. Come in here, brother." And he took me in to this b bathroom. Mm -hmm. I'm like, "Why were you taking me into a bathroom to sell weed when they're selling weed lemonade at the stand?" I was like, what is he going to do to be in here? He's like, he starts telling me all about this stuff. I'm like, I don't think we need to be in the bathroom right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could have done this outside on the street. Because this is not working. I was like, I need a cop. <laughs> I need a cop for this transaction. Yeah. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, I need extra security for this one. I've uh, never heard of weed lemonade. You keep saying that like that's a standard thing. Yeah. Infused there. I feel like that's a, like an underground thing. Like there was like a lot of like, uh, like black shows I made where like somebody just made like a big Gatorade thing full of like THC lemonade or something mm -hmm. and was just selling it by the cup. And just happened from there. It replaced jungle juice. Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> yeah. Why haven't we had weed lemonade here? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of hard on your stomach. You got to be careful. It's <laughs> not. Because I mean, a lot of sugar and THC. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had in a long time. Like, oh my gosh. I'm like, we got this. We have this place here. Uh, oh, man. If, if, they're, if they're open before you leave, you should hit it up. It's called, uh, called Londo's Flame, mm -hmm. Flame Aid. Mm -hmm. And this guy just makes this drink. He just, he just makes drink. And then they turned it into like, I think he like makes slushies and stuff out of it, but he started selling it out of the back of his car and he just, he pushes it like, like drugs <laughs> or like, like he's on a, like a street team. I feel like that's the best way to do stuff. Yeah. You gotta put your hands on it and just give it to people. You know what I'm saying? Listen, 
Masterpiece still had one of the best marketing plans. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just bombard the market with everything. Somebody gonna buy something. That, that is true. Yeah, it's called. Uh, never mind. <laughs> No, you know how you could get canceled for saying bad things? Yeah. I just didn't say it. It was in your head, but you thought it out. Mm-hmm. Oh, there, you got your thought out. There we go. There's Lon. That was right at Flame Aid right there. He's got all the different flavors, green, red, orange. <laughs> <laughs> They're all colors. Uh, I want a teal drink. Oh, that's teal right there. It's actually really yeah. good. I went in. I went, got one of his uh, slushies. It was really good. I'm fooling with it because his name is Londo. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then, uh, yeah, and I guess you, we've, I've made uh, cocktails with it before too. I bought it in there. But uh, yeah, he's doing oh, yeah, it. He never see his eyes though. <laughs> you ain't supposed to. You're not supposed to see his eyes. <laughs> then the, the juice is going to take away from the cocktail, the elixir, the you extra part. Oh, there you go. He's right there. You just look at him right in the hat. Oh, he was on Shark Tank. Oh. The oh. kids is drinking it. He's trying to get on Shark Tank. If kids can drink it, it must be safe. I feel like the sharks would be like, uh, so this is sugar water. <laughs> <laughs> How can you patent this? I, I want to see that on Shark Tank. Coca-Cola, did it? I would. Uh, well, it's time for our Smoking Goose uh, brunch breakdown. Zach didn't even move his uh, his drop finger. No, I wanted you to know it wasn't gonna happen. Yeah, yep. that was a very good move, though. <laughs> yep, yep. Like it was. I knew what he was saying. Yeah, I book. already know you're gonna tell you're gonna tell me I did something wrong. So, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think he did everything right. <laughs> It's time for our Smoking Goose Brunch Breakdown. Uh, today's theme uh, was uh, black comedians. We called it dark comedy. Wait, why, who came up with the, the darky comedy? I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, no one said that. You said that. Dark comedy? <laughs> yeah. There, there, was no, there was no IE on that. Oh, I'm sorry. I got you seen, you seen something different. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you're just used to the stuff that Zach lets fly over yeah. here sometimes. Yeah, there yeah. were a couple of workshop things that didn't make the <laughs> didn't make the print. Yeah, we warned them today. No, don't say that word that you usually do. The funniest thing about this, Melanie, is that I said, "Hey, I want to do all black comedians," and this is like kind of my idea. Like you could do puns. I was like, for instance, uh, you could do Whoopi Goldberg and make Whoopi pies, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I gave a couple examples, and Zach goes, "Got it." And then he went so home. I go home and I can't think of anything else. And I was like, I don't want to do puns. That kind of sounds dumb and hack. So I was like, I started looking up people and I was like, I'm going to look up people. And I remembered Whoopi, but I forget what he said. So I just started looking up like black people and like foods that they made. And so I text Dyke and I say, dibs on Obama, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. And then, then, uh, Samuel, uh, or, uh, Marcus Samuelson. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, we're, we're doing black comedians. <laughs> Not just, not just, just not black people. people. Not just yeah. black people. I even found like Obama's got a chili recipe that his family handed down. I was going to make that. <laughs> we could do a presidential brunch. Yeah, a sometime. presidential Does brunch. Does Obama yeah. have a tight five though? That's it. I mean, yeah, he I did. don't know. I feel like he, he probably does. No, he's probably the funniest. Don't you dare. You know Donald Trump's funnier. You I feel like Donald Obama would be like funny. that long-winded. I feel like Obama would be that President Obama would be that long-winded comedian. Like, would you just get to the punchline? Like, yeah. would you see we'd be telling him like Obama definitely runs the light. I'm yeah, not gonna let y'all do this. I'm not gonna let y'all do this. Do you see him at the correspondence dinner? He was great with the angry translator. He was killing it. He was that tore, was that him you know, though? Right. Was that him? Was that? I'm not I don't know. He's been on uh, two ferns and a tree. But after eight years, <laughs> again, he had to tighten up that fat. It took him eight years mm-hmm. to get a good set. Yeah. All we, right. we all know Jimmy Carter is the funniest president. Just saying, JC. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so the first course that we did was uh, 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 is a cell. <laughs> You can't even keep a straight I, face, dude. I, I, I know that Zach's ready to pounce. So uh, like, get your finger, get your finger ready. He's, he's so get he's your finger ready. Salivating, ready to pounce. Uh, no, it's Celeric uh, the Entertainer, and it was Celeric uh, with celery root soup, basically. Uh, I, this was one of the first ideas that I had, and it, it made everything else come into place for me. And then about midday saturday i could not source any celery root i went to five different stores i went to all the bougie stores and i was like i know i've seen it here before where is it i had to drive to like the complete opposite side of town i put something up on instagram like does anybody got any celery root oh. like i was so happy when i saw that post i was like I knew it was yeah. going south. <laughs> i was like this whole menu falls apart in my mind well celery root is such an obscure like thing to choose anyway and then i mean i've never seen somebody try to make a pun work harder <laughs> and he i mean he went to five stores to make this pun work it yeah. worked but the soup was great the soup <laughs> was that much better and so again, i know that story is that much better and again that's for cedric the entertainer yeah yeah absolutely uh, i i went to sleep like like I had like heart palpitations when I was falling asleep Friday because I was like I'm not gonna be able to find this I'm not gonna be able to find it where am I gonna get this because I just knew I had already made the joke to Zach and I was like I know if I don't have the right thing and I just try to make like a celery soup because I was gonna try to fake it with the celery and potato soup and I was like Zach's a troll he's just gonna roast me the whole time no one else would know but he, he would, would know. know and yeah he would mess with me so the soup was amazing well thank you amazing. It was uh, uh, well worth the trip to the west side. I also had to borrow Thad's car to drive to the west side. Uh, and that makes it, listen, when it's blood, sweat, and tears, that's what you mean, put your foot in it. Mm -hmm. You put your foot in it. Mm -hmm. You did. That was. I did uh, Bernie Mac and cheese. I put a uh, uh, jowl bacon in there as well. There were three cheeses, Colby, uh, cream cheese, and then sharp cheddar. Mm. Well, some of the best mac and cheese I've ever had. Listen, yeah, I told yeah. Zach beforehand, I said, that's the macaroni and cheese that just made me be like, forget you, Grandma, with your one cheese, simple macaroni having stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. We didn't had that one bar for a long time, straight on you. I done had <laughs> macaroni. What is that? Jowl bacon? Yeah. Yeah. What is that? So it's it's like from the, the cheek of the... I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, I took it, I cut it really, really thick. And then like, I cook it at like 200, 225 in the oven for like four hours. Until it gets really, really soft. I don't even want regular skin. Bacon it was the creamiest cheese I've ever had in my yes. life. Thank you. I think the cream cheese goes a long way on that. Oh, when, it's in the name. During uh, so I grew up watching like Def Comedy Jam and stuff like that, and uh, I remember one of my first comedy memories was me and my white friend uh, Andy Buddy. Uh, watch it. I don't know where his parents were because we were too young to be watching it. And I remember Martin Lawrence was hosting and he was talking about uh, people being biracial. And he was just like, yeah, mixed people, y'all y'all confused. And he was like, you don't, you wouldn't know what side to be on in a race war. And then I just remember my friend like pointing at me and he goes, that's you. He's talking about you. You're confused. And I was like, I don't know. I like this guy. Um, but during uh, during quarantine, uh, Thad hadn't seen, had never seen Def Jam. And I was like, man, we got nothing but, but time. That's, that's not true. Or you hadn't seen like a lot of it. Really? I don't know. I yeah. believe it. 
Really? Here, no, I, I've I've seen a lot of it. We we just were going through run-throughs. My my dad used to have this. Uh, sto- he still does. Has a storage unit, and we had to clean out the storage units. And there's this whole box mm-hmm. of uh, Def Jam. So I, I went through a lot of them. So mm. this is memory lane. But most of the time, I don't know anything. Well, it it wasn't about whether you'd seen it or not. We watched a bunch of it together, and I hadn't seen it since. I the just 90s. wanted it on record. <laughs> yeah, he, he like, gets he gets full credit. All right, thank to, you. To Noah, take that credit away from him. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> derailed the entire story, but <laughs> he gets the credit. I right, uh, just lie, I guess. That's fine. Remember that so, time you didn't know what a toilet was? So, so, he doesn't know what a toilet was. I showed him what a toilet was. Anyways. <laughs> But I remember, like, as put it on when I hadn't seen this since the 90s. One, I was like, because I was like, oh man, Bernie Max on here, Martin Lawrence, like all these people. One, I forgot about all the no name people that never went anywhere. Two, I forgot, like, man, <laughs> a lot of that stuff did not age well. A lot of it just came, a lot of it just like comments coming out, be like, you know, sometimes niggas be gay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing I was about to say something so stupid because you was like, the people who never made it. I'm like, you know exactly who these people are. Yeah. The people on the flyer that be like, ass seen on. And you be like, <laughs> and they still be coming out like, you know, nigga, gay. You be like, it's for real. So we still, this is what we gonna be, you know what I'm saying? So we know where they went. They, it's about a handful of them in everybody's hometown. We be like, and they still come up like, seeing on Def Jamming. You be like, okay, the kids be like, what was that? But <laughs> but then you get like classic Bernie Mac in there classic. too, you know, like peppered in. You get like classic Bernie Mac, like the stir it like coffee and all that stuff. And I was just like, oh. So I watched like, I don't know. I feel like we watched hours of bad Def Jam just to get like the nugget, like a couple of the the green nuggets. Because when it was good, it was good. But when it was bad, it was bad. I I think they also had a thing that Thad and I were talking about this where I think they must have told every comic like you had to do a bit on top of your stand-up. So they would come oh, out yeah. and like ch- change clothes or do weird to run out to the audience. But it would seem like every comic had like at the end of their set or in their middle at the beginning, they would do some bizarre like act out that had nothing to do with any of their material. And I was like, do they make everyone do this? Or was this part of the show? Like this is so I weird. always used to wonder about the people. And no, no, I always used to wonder about the audience members. Cause I was like, don't get me wrong. People have made me laugh like that. But the way I'll be like, I keep it. I'll be, I got that same energy at church. Because the chains. way oh, yeah. that y'all be in there, y'all ripping off wigs. You know, they in there like, my, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm like for real You got it for real Like you know what I'm saying And I was like I ain't never Like okay I want to do a commercial For all the stools That were humped by comedians <laughs> <laughs> Like if you were A stool in the 90s You may be entitled To some money But I wish And then I wish All the stools come out And just tell their story Like yeah. Yeah. It was 1992 yeah. And I thought I was going To some place And then Next thing I know his ass just came towards me just again and again. They were like, who was it? And it just burped out like, bleh, 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 yeah. bleh. you know what I'm saying? The stool's face is blurred out. Or then the stool got scratches on yeah. it from when he was going too hard. Like, you see what he did to my face? <laughs> just panning on the bottom of the stool. I love that. It was like, I just wanted to be a feeder stool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just wanted to be in the orchestra. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to be at the symphony. And then Martin Lawrence pulled me into his office. <laughs> he said, if you want to make it in comedy, <laughs> He said, I'm going to sit on your face. (laughs) Let me sit on your face. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take take a quick commercial break on that note, and uh, we'll be right back with the the rest of our uh, brunch list. 
Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're going through our Smoking Goose brunch breakdown, and the next item up was the Kevin Hart tacos Ooh. made with uh, beef heart and chorizo. So good. Um, that that was also a fun one too because I was just like, uh, Thad brought a, heart, a beef heart home, and he was like, I don't know, you do something with it, and I was like, Well, yeah, we'll 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 figure that out. And uh, and then when I was thinking about when I was thinking about black comedians, I was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, heart, heart! It's right there in the name. Oh, I got it in the freezer. Okay, yeah, I got that. As I had the first two, just came instantly to me, and I was just like, all right, all right I got, I got this. And then uh, it turned out pretty well. I, I didn't want to go just heart for the meat for the protein. I felt like that might have, that might like I didn't know how adventurous of an eater you were. You said you didn't have any food allergies, and you seemed pretty cool. But I was like, I, I don't want to. I don't know. I don't know where she's at with that. Um, it was it was it was a different dish for me. I really couldn't taste the difference to know that it was a beef heart. Okay. Um, the only way I knew it was because every time I bit it, that was like that's good heart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it was like if you could just stop saying beef heart, I can probably just eat it and not even know it's there. Like if you say it's a good piece of beef, but when you gotta yeah. keep putting the heart on the back, <laughs> and I just like to take the time. I yeah. say I appreciate all the dishes, but the fact that y'all keep putting the emphasis on the parts of the body that <laughs> Negroes don't necessarily eat. Like, I want you to know that this bacon is from the jowl. And I'm like, the inside is the mouth where he was salivating? Oh, okay, that part. Okay, all right, thank you. You know, it's thinly sliced. It was Try delicious. some more anus bologna. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I mean, emphasis on the anus. You know what I'm saying? You see that big fried bubble? That's the anus. <laughs> Put the little mustard around there. Homemade with a little urine. He was like, okay, emphasis on the urine. You know what I'm saying? So, but it was delicious, but yeah, he just kept like, Cause the heart You know what I'm saying <laughs> And then you was yelling Off the bat like Then you can get all that iron And taste the iron And I'm like, and I'm like Okay thank you So all the visual I am but one I wonder like, Do you have any mead After this I'm like a viking Game of Thrones That's why I went I went uh, I think I went like 70 70% uh, chorizo You know And I was just like The heart's in there It was there It was, but, uh, it was a heart in the house Yeah I didn't want it to be Overwhelming for anybody And I, I think that was A good mix Like I would I would make that again Like as, as a dish And then the next one Was the uh, Chicken fricassee Which was Richard uh, Pryor's Flaming chicken um, And that was a fun dish Because I don't think I've ever I don't think we've, I, I, I've never sat anything On fire Tableside before So I was like Really Really hoping I didn't set you on fire When I was doing that I was like I'd be real And careful. my lashes Because they was just like I said let me back up My lashes <laughs> They were cool that bad. Well, we were we were testing it in the back, and it was kind of hard to see the flame at first. And and Zach was like, "Yeah, this isn't working. We need to get we need to get a different spirit." And I was like, "I think it's on fire." And then when I poured it, it just shot up everywhere. And I was like, "Oh, it's definitely on fire. It's definitely working." It was very cool to watch aesthetically. Like I've never had anybody like outside of like my Greek opa cheese that they bring to the table. Mm, yeah. Um, but, but just to have like some. Some hot chicken on fire, you know yeah. what I'm saying? On top of it, like that was that was dope. It was very did delicious. Did you feel too. the heat from the chicken? I did. Okay, it was a little spicy, but it was. No, good. I meant like the fire. Oh no 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 no! I didn't feel like mm-mm. like okay. I couldn't feel. I was trying to get back. I didn't want my lashes. All right. No hell no! I was like, I see it, but you know, let me take a picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But my lashes. It would be real ironic if, in making fun of uh, Richard Pryor setting himself on fire, I set a comedian on fire. That would be, first of all, that would be viral. <laughs> if you would just do the side by side of him, you know what I'm saying? And especially if it, if it was like the tips of my nails, yeah. and then my nails was on fire, I would like a flamethrower. That would be tough, though. Like, if like she made it right after that. Yeah. 
and like she kind of have to owe you. Mm. Oh, that launched her into like, superstar. Like Fireface. Where you go? <laughs> on Fireface. Yeah, she oh, you the one that was on fire on TikTok. <laughs> have Alicia Keys. This girl's on fire yeah. behind me. <laughs> oh shoot! You know what oh. I'm Listen. And you'd have to give him a check too. I would. Yeah. I would. Grudgingly. I would. I'd just be like, uh, <laughs> look, look over here with one of my eyebrows going looking like Fire Marshal Bill. Let me give you a check. Let me tell you something. <laughs> You rich. I like Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> uh, and then, Zach, you had the dessert. The last comedian I chose was Thaddeus. Oh, oh hey. And then so I uh, made Thad Patat, uh, which is a Haitian dish pan patat, which is like a sweet potato pudding kind of thing. And then I had a blackberry syrup and blackberry butter on top of it. Yo, that was fire. I have a question, Thad. What was the, how would you say, like, have you had that dish before? Never in my life. Never? Okay. All right. That I remember. All right. That's like, that's expensive Haitian food. Mm. I don't know. I've never had that before. But did it, did it take you back once you tried it? Did you no. feel like you were transported to the island? It was No. No? I mean, no, I'm going to be honest. I felt like this is something I wish I had on the island. Mm. It made me mad at Haiti, actually. That's, that's oh, what I was going yeah. for. Where were you guys, like, were you hiding this from me? Yeah. yeah. No, it was really good. It took me, it took, like, my eyes rolled back. That's mm. what happened, but. That's what I liked I, it. I was I speaking Creole for a little bit on the table? <laughs> that was, that, that's what happened. I'm like, no. You know what I meant? Uh, until you sit there and you, and you talk to, you know, real Creole person, you know, you know, like, Brian, you know, you talk to him and, you know, he hit you with the sherry, you know, I said, the whole. <laughs> sherry. Uh, sherry, you know. Mm. I told him, I said, your whole life is Princess and the Frog. He was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, yeah, he explained the whole thing to me. But I, I like, because I thought it was like a moose at first, mm, the yeah. way it looked on the yeah. plate. Well, that's potato? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's basically sweet potato, like coconut milk and then uh, uh, sweetened condensed milk. You cook it in like a pot for, I cooked it for like two and a half hours, and then you put it in a pan and, and bake it. That honestly changed my life. I think I need to get more of that somehow. So that was like a sweet potato? Mm-hmm. Wow. Have you ever had a potato like that? No, no, I have not. I really like uh, the, I mean, I like the whole, the whole dish was great. I liked all the components, but I really thought the, what was it? The raspberry uh, infused butter. Yeah. It was blackberry on both of them. Or blackberry, yeah. blackberry compound butter. I thought was, it, it looks cool. Like, and it, it really like, and there was something about the, like when it melted into the, and like my grandma used to make zucchini bread and mm. we put, she put butter on it and it would like get all melty and stuff in there. That's kind of what it reminded me of. I was like, I eat shit. And I didn't feel heavy. You know, I think you eat a dessert and you feel mm, kind yeah. of heavy. Like yeah. it was very light and well, it didn't feel really heavy. So I made a big pan of it this morning and like there was like only a little bit of it left in the pan, like in the main pan. And so I took the big pan of it and dropped it on the floor and destroyed a, a casserole dish. Oh. So I was like, I got to fit the rest of the stuff into these little cupcakes. Cause that's all I got left. <laughs> uh, that's so my ancestors. That's why. <laughs> like he's not that's, supposed that's, to be yeah, making that. The whole that's, nation. That's why they're so tiny. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just came behind you, just smacked them like. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I'll be having my ancestors. <laughs> they Let them make it. <laughs> okay, it was, it's good. It was voodoo. It's Haitian voodoo. He's blessing the Haitian right now. Leave him alone. Zach, you get a pass in Haiti. <laughs> forever. That's forever. Right. No. 
<laughs> Unless you do some bad stuff. <laughs> I can always clip this. Yeah. He does some more. Oh, that was so funny. You're so stupid. What if that was a thing? Like every time somebody from another culture tried to like make their food, somebody and messes then the it up. Which is yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I think it's turn the oven I think yeah. it is. Because the fact that you keep going after it breaks, that shows determination and love. So it does. Mm. So I'm going to start doing that. First time anybody makes something ethnic, I'm going to like push them down or something like that. Then and see if they're going to redo it again. If you don't redo it, like if they're like screw Haiti, then they're like, oh, he wasn't supposed to make it anyways. You know what? I'm going to do that. You know what? I'm going to really do that. And I'm going to be like, next time somebody do something, I'm just push them and push them down the stairs with them sweet potato pies. Yeah. (laughs) And then see if they just try it all over again. And if you don't try it, it is. Yeah. Do you, are you a, are you a cook? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. A little bit. Like, I'm not like a big soul food person cook. Okay. Like, I know how if I have to. Yeah. By like watching my mother and my grandmother and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm still definitely a person that's going to call my mama. Like, so how many cups to put with the gravy mm-hmm. and how long to make it? And then, you know, so I'm still going to definitely call. Are you bringing, you bringing soda to the cookout? What are you doing? You bringing chips? Um, you know what? <laughs> I, I became the cousin that just worked out. So I can, I'm okay with bringing like wraps. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Everybody okay with me. Melly, make them little turkey wraps you got so I'll be like cool bet all I gotta make is a, a tray of sandwich wraps <laughs> I'm yeah. cool all you gotta do is work out and they don't expect nothing from you you know what mm. I'm saying cause they be like she don't eat nothing no way so I don't really oh, so they okay. don't expect me to make nothing so yeah I just go to all these buy all the lunch meat all the cheese and then make all the little uh the little sandwich wraps on the spinach or the t- tomato bread yeah. and then cut them in fours put them on a little thing everybody be like man I'm in here with the sandwiches because you already know everybody food not going to be ready first yeah. so then I'm the person with the sandwiches oh and the then pregame you, yeah or yeah. if you get the food yeah you're and the, first or the, and the cousin that catered the food food ain't all that good what's left sandwiches oh, last. <laughs> yeah sandwiches is always first good and first and last yeah, for Omega. did you go to culinary school though I did <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say that's well played. That's well played. That, I did. that was well played. I did. I did. Listen, it was Voltec, but I did. I went to culinary <laughs> art school. Um, I always laugh because I tell people it was a really good program in Detroit. Um, they teach you gourmet dining, so they teach you everything from sandwiches the, and you sandwiches, but they teach you everything from the beginning of. Being a sous chef, you know, cutting, like, I can slice, dice, julienne vegetables. I know all my cuttery, my soup, you know, I, everything. You know what I'm saying? I uh, I can make holiday sauce. I can hey. I can braise ribs. I can do all that. But I cannot fry chicken. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. I can make gourmet food, but I don't make regular stuff. But I can gourmet, make sauces and roux and broths and chicken stocks. and stock. I can do all that. All the bases, all the stuff. But I just don't. You know, okay. now was was that something that you thought was like a career path that you were going to do, and then you just decided it wasn't for you, or what um, happened with that? No, I got uh, kicked out of my regular school, and then I went to another school, and I didn't like that school. Mm. So basically, uh, just imagine uh, getting kicked out of like a Sweet Valley High or something, <laughs> and then you got to go to Lean on Me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So it was like a real transition. Oh, from, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like when I got there, kids was throwing soda machines down the stairs. <laughs> you know, and I'm all like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, I, you did it now, Mel. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So did you start at a bougie school though? I mean, it, it was bougie for Detroit. Like it was mm-hmm. like, this is a school where most people got two parent households and, okay. you know, brick houses and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then I went to the other side and we was just like, in a minute, building Joe Clark, Joe Clark. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, like I, no bullshit. My first day of school, I walked to the counselor's office. 
I seen a guy get socked and, and somebody took his glasses and I just had to politely step over him to go to the counselor's office. And I was like, so y'all just gonna let my man just, like somebody just socked him and he just was asleep. And I, everybody just walked over him. He be and, stepping over bodies. And they just went on and when he woke up, he just went on about his business. So I just, you know, you just, and, and so in lieu of me having to stay in that environment, for all seven periods You yeah. had an option To go to Voltec uh, And so I took that option So mm, from 8 to 12 yeah. I did my regular day school And then yeah. from like 1 to 3 You went to Voltec And you learned A craft or a trade Or something like that So like keep automotive a, Software keep a knife on you too you, you know what I'm saying So <laughs> you gotta know Your life skills You know so yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like Voltec Is one of the reasons That I know I graduated from high school Because if I had to just stay In school like that All day I would have been just, mm, no. mm. So, um, and it was a good program. Like I said, it taught you. They had an automotive part, uh, computer day drafting, software, administrative, culinary arts. So kids can actually, you know, learn a craft. And I do have some friends that are chefs now who went through that program. You know, and you know they're or high end bar server. I mean, high end yeah. bartenders out in L.A. and all because it taught you gourmet. You know, mm-hmm. and it's not just regular. Oh, I'm going to Chili's. No, you can make a yeah. career in a high end. Oh, yeah. Restaurant hospitality. And hospitality, you know, and especially like when you get to those uh, bars in those big cities, New York, L.A., you know, or even downtown, yeah. grill, you know, you can make money as the bartender. So and a lot of people don't know that those are still jobs that's for just white guys and white women. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's not a lot of black women that you see at those sophisticated. You know, it's not because yeah. they don't think they can make the drink. You know what I'm saying? So it taught us, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. a way to get into another um, arena. So it was actually pretty dope. That is dope. Does anybody know what gourmet means? Isn't like, like the translation in French? What is it? I don't know. Casey can look it up for us. Um, Fine dining? <laughs> yeah. Gourmet. It has to be two words. Gourmet. Gourmand. I know gourmand is someone who cooks food. A connoisseur of good food. That's what it is. A person with a oh, discernment, discerning palate. Okay. Yeah, it is. All right. All right. So you fancy, huh? French gourmand. Um, now you were talking about, uh, you were talking about, uh, black women in food. Uh, I want to kind of ask you about being a black woman in comedy mm-hmm. and I hate asking my, like my female friends like, what, what's it like? But I, I feel like that there is a, a, a much different experience. And one of the things that I hear from the booking side of things is always like, there's not enough black. I want to put black women on the show. I want to put black. And I'm like, I know a lot of funny black women. I don't think we're at, you know, like maybe not, maybe there's one for every 10 white dudes with beards, but like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like we're at a complete deficit of like hilarious black women. So, uh, I just, what, how, how, what's your experience in comedy been like from, from that angle, I guess. Um, in Michigan and in the Midwest is definitely a thing with booking, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes the bookers, they know that they have fat, I mean, black funny females, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's just that they cater to their crowd and their audiences. And I think sometimes they're scared to rock the boat based on what they think that their audiences might, you know. And I think they do themselves a disservice because it's like, um, you don't know what your audience wants until you give it to them sometimes, you know? Yeah. And I think they may have had... Um, one black comic or something and something happened 15 years ago and then they just don't let it go. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So for whatever reason, when it comes to uh, black comics and black women, they just don't let it go. Like, because we're the minority in the group, whatever it is that person do, unfortunately we gonna speak for everybody. You know what I'm mm. saying? 
um, there's also a part of it where they want people who are quote unquote uh, safe. You know what I'm saying? Um, and those are the people, you know, that, that won't rock the boat and everything like that. So I play both sides of the fence. You know what I'm saying? I know that I tried to to be safe and, and be the one, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then I kind of found my own voice and just started doing me. And it was like, you're going to be damned if you do or you're damned if you don't, you know? Um, I do feel like a lot of the times uh, being a black woman and comedian, just like being a black woman, we just have to work harder than everybody else. Mm. That's, that's the, that's probably the main thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I got to show up early. I got to stay later. You know, uh, I got to be 10 times funnier than everybody on the show. And with everything else, um, trying to fight to get my pay, you know, because mm. still at the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, white girls still going to get paid more than me. You know, sometimes, uh, Man, still gonna get paid more than me sometimes, you know. So I have to go in and because it's still in comedy, it's not all the way the same thing of what the booker is paying, not mm-hmm. all the time, you know. Yeah. So you still kind of got to go in there and and then they'll pay you because you're just that funny, you know. Like I have to be funnier than a dude, I have to be as a woman, you have to be so funny that they just don't even see you as a woman anymore, mm-hmm. they just see you as oh, she's just funny, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So you have to just be that funny so that they just be like, oh. That that's just it, you know. Um, from the booking standpoint, I do think, uh, as much as you want to say it's getting better, mm. it's kind of it's kind of the same, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's kind of, uh, and I do know, like when I was out in California, it's very political. Like they're looking for a person they can an act, they can sell, an act they can, you know. What I will say right now, what is a good spot to be a black woman in comedy right now, is because people want to hear what we have to say. Mm. So right now, um, even at some of the big comedy clubs out there, they're looking to develop black women. They want regular, they want black, they literally told me we want black heterosexual women because we want to be able to hear just a black heterosexual woman's voice. Like you don't really hear Mm. from a black heterosexual woman. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not knocking anybody, but you don't really hear just a, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. a, it's an angle. It's a, it's something else. You I'm know what I'm saying? my mind right now. And so, um, cause you don't, you know? Yeah. And so now they're looking to develop people, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. Um, you have the Miss Pats and stuff like that, but then it's such a far gap between her and then like Zainab is a whole nother type of, per- you know what I'm saying? And then the other type, it's so many different or the Ty Davises or the, the Corey's and you know, the people that's trying to, you know, pull their way. So I think it's just such a gap in between yeah. how how women are being developed in comedy and coming up. I think it's such a gap. Uh, one thing I've seen is that honestly, it's been women helping other women. And it, it, here's the thing: it's funny because so a lot of white women have been. I ain't gonna say a lot, but I have seen where white women have been allies because it really is up to the headliner sometimes to open up their mouth and, mm. and speak and say, you know, hey. Yeah. I'm bringing her or, you know what I'm saying? I'm bringing this person. Uh, I forget like Amy Schumer's opener. Uh, what's her name? It's on the tip of my tongue. But you know, now she's headlining. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it's a good time to be a black woman in comedy right now, I believe, because we can kind of write a different ticket right now because again, everybody wants to hear what we have to say, you know, um, mm. everybody loves black girl magic right now. Mm. Everybody want to know what is this girl, you know what I'm saying? Stuff yeah. like that. And right now, black women are very unapologetic. Yeah. So uh, we're going to say what we're going to say and it's going to be what it's going to be, you know, and, and everything like that. And I think we're coming in so many different angles that people don't know how to take us because a lot of times bookers, again, they're mm. still thinking that women are talking about one topic oh, and yeah. then they're still grouping women 
uh, like you know my you know be in this night I'm not knocking anybody but that's not everybody you sure. know what I'm saying so yeah. I think because they're getting such a, a range mm-hmm. like they don't know what to do and then a lot of times I don't know if it's a, a whatever it is but as soon as you book more than two or three black women on the show or women on the show, it's a women's show or so mm-hmm. it becomes a, a all girls review or a women's show or yeah. women of color show or it becomes now becomes a gimmick show instead of just the I got three women comics and two male comics. And that just happened to be how the show is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I thought it was real like interesting when we went down to Atlanta because a lot of times up here, um, there's one minority per show. It, it just seems that like every once in a while it'll it'll be different. But usually it's like, oh, I'm the minority on this show. And so we went down to Atlanta and it was a lineup and it was just like, oh, there's 12 black people on this show. And it was like, I got to change my jokes up. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to step on it. Like, every, this has all been like covered before, you know? It was interesting also what you said about, um, uh, you know, the somebody else, a woman coming before you and like setting a tone or like being like, cause I feel like the other way where I like I've, because of, uh, women like you and, uh, you know, a few other black women comedians, I've been like, I love black women comedians. Like they're always funny, you know? And then I remember the first time we saw one that bombed and where I was just like, Oh, I didn't think that was an option. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realize. Oh, it is. I seen it. Oh Lord, it is. Oh Lord, it is. (laughs) Um, tell us a little about your transition to getting booked at the comedy store. All right. Like, so you're talking about getting respect and gaining respect. When did that happen for you? Um, getting passed at the comedy store. Oh, well, I'm not passed at the comedy store. Oh, oh we'll edit that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll edit that one. <laughs> um, but so I'll tell you my experience at the comedy store. So, um, basically when you get there, the whole idea is that you want to kind of, they put people in development. So mm-hmm. the booker finds somebody, they put you in development. And then what that means is that they kind of just regularly start putting you in rotation to actually get up and get put on to different shows. Um, Cause other than that, it was at a time that you had to sign up for what was called potluck and everybody mm-hmm. got there at about five o'clock. The show didn't start at seven. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a hundred people signing up, but only 15 people would get picked. Wow. You talking people coming from miles away in LA traffic at five o'clock catching, I was catching a bus two hours away from South central to, you know, to uh, Hollywood and for a chance to get on or not get on. And so, um, and you only get three minutes and the booker is sitting in the back of the room. And then if they like you, then, you know, he might say something to you and then you'll come back and um, or either, you, you know, you'll sign up again and then they'll pick you up. Maybe like it'll be a couple of weeks and they'll pick you again and then your name will kind of go further down on the list. So the further you got down on the list, you will roll into the next show, which is friends and family. And then that was the show that that's where they will uh, either have the people who are paid regulars there or people that the booker liked and he wanted to see them keep putting them in different spots. So basically, that's kind of what happened to me. You know, he saw me. And he was like, okay, all right, I see my name, come back again, come back again. And then finally I was like in friends and family and yada, yada, yada. And then COVID happens and I kind of put everything. But still, that's kind of how the, the route is, you know. So then you go from three minutes and then that one day you get five. You know what I'm saying? And that's magical to get mm. five minutes. You know what I'm saying? In California. Yeah. And then from there, it's so many unfunny people that there that because people get intimidated by California and it's like no it's just more unfunny comics Mm. which means once you get your spot to shine you do it everybody gonna know who you are so even if I'm gone for six months at a time when I come back they know who I am yeah because they be like oh you were like a breath of fresh air because you were funny yeah yeah what is that though I've been hearing that a lot there's not a lot of funny comics in LA and I've been hearing that on repeat um, from people from LA so what's what's going on 
Uh, well, first of all, you have an influx of people that's just going to go. And it's, you just have a larger scale. So now mm. where it was a smaller scale of unfun, now you just, it's 10 times more, it's a million more people. Mm. And then everybody's uh, game is not to be a comedian. Yeah. So some people are trying yeah. to, because sometimes comedy, I will say this, comedy will give you access to people you wouldn't normally have access to. And you'll have access to these people faster than you normally would. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Under what other context and pretense would would I meet Cat Williams? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or Mike Epps or DC Young Fly or Country Like Comedy. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that's going to give you sure. an equal playing field. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So if I'm uh, somebody that want to be a, a screenwriter or something like that, and I, I'm mm-hmm. kind of funny, yeah. then I might do that so I can get in this person's ear and then I can be a writer. Okay. But if yeah. my end game was, so, I'm, I'm, so my goal is never going to be to get better. It's just going to be to get good enough to get to in network. these rooms okay. to network. Yeah. Mm. Do you have more people heckling? Because like, you know, back in the day, uh, Dyke and I talked about this, like there was more mean comics that would say shut up boo get off the stage you suck do you have that happening in LA or no um no because people are too nice because LA is political so you boo somebody today and they got a movie deal tomorrow oh so you gotta just be like yeah so you just gotta be like (laughs) "Mm -hmm, okay you just gotta play the game you know what I'm saying because you never know because it's not necessarily always based on talent Okay. Like you see people move with they try. So like you can't boo out of fear of losing a gig. Prime example, you mm. can always see how uh, Adam Sandler he moved with his tribe. That's yeah. his crew. That's his people. You know okay. what I'm saying? He's gonna put the same. He's gonna put the people same people in there. Yeah. Everybody ain't got the same money, but everybody his boy. He gonna make sure they working. Yeah. Will Ferrell, he had a crew. You know, they yeah. they gonna move with their crew. Yeah. You know, so Vince Vaughn, yeah. they got a crew. Yeah. So whoever you because that's the person you went through the trenches with. Mm-hmm. That's the person that took you on rides. That's the person who couch you slept on. So mm-hmm. they ain't necessarily funniest, but they held me down. So when I get on, I, 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 I owe them. You know what I'm saying? He held me down. Man. All right. So it's it's so it's it's political. It's so much. The boo game is up for me. I always wanted to be able to, just to do one boo. Cause you know, like I've sitting through a lot of open mm, mics where yeah. I just wanted to boo and tell the truth. Yeah. And I know I've been there. I've, I, I probably deserve to get booed, booed at one point. I think we need to get back to it on the local scene. Absolutely. I think on the local scene, we definitely need to go back to booing Nick Rose. We and people, we <laughs> definitely need to go back to some of my friends. We had an open mic in Easton doing in Detroit called the jingle and they did it years before then. And you need to go back to jingling keys and just telling people they're not funny. Mm. But sometimes you got to learn. Yeah. You got to learn like this, like comedy people be think this is not a nice business. This is not stand up slapstick. This is not stand up warm. This is stand up comedy. This is yeah. not stand up punchline. This ain't stand up premise. This is stand up stand comedy. Up no, this is not stand up premise. Oh, I got you know what I'm saying? Oh, I've seen a lot of that. Yeah, this is you just got a thought and be like, yeah. yeah. And then post office workers. Yeah, and then you say this ain't stand up random thought. Nothing. This is stand up comedy. So like do the job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we just getting a lot of comedians right now uh who just they just want to be like you know, mm-hmm. they too I, I don't know. I think they just want to be something and it's not necessarily a stand up. I think we get into the that too and I think cancel culture is starting to kind of come over to comedy where now we're scared to tell another comedian like, "Hey man, that ain't that ain't that ain't that." Mm-hmm. You know, cuz you thinking, you know, I think even now we kind of get a little timid in comedy to each other. For real I think so Can you drop a beat for me a sec Melanie Hearn Thank you so much For being on the program today 
where can people find you and follow you on social media? Oh, you can follow me on Facebook at Melanie Hearn, M-E-L-A-N-I-E-H-E-A-R-N. Also on Instagram at Melanie J Comedy. Um, and I think that's all my handles on Twitter and TikTok and all that as well. And um, yeah, you can find me at church. You can find me anywhere. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, come back. Holla at your girl. Uh, I love doing this show because I get to talk to some of my favorite comedians. And Melanie, I think you're one of the best working comics out there. Thank uh, you so much. Right now. So if you get a chance, please go see her. Uh, we have something later this summer that we're going to be uh, announcing in the next couple weeks that you're going to be a part of. And I'm very excited. Um, Thaddeus J. You can find me at Fab McKee or at Bring Back the Boo. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a charity. So stay tuned. Zach Rome. You can catch my new cooking show, Cooking with the Ancestors. <laughs> every, every Friday night. Every, every every Friday, Zach. Has- <laughs> I love that. Just getting pushed around by ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> All beat up and shit. <laughs> Oh, what what would you call it when you were stealing from other people? <laughs> I forget what we said oh, it was. Man. Uh, oh man! Shoot! I'm at Dyke Michaels across <laughs> everything. Uh, we also have an amazing uh, Patreon. It's patreoncom backslash uh Only three dollars a month, and you get access to our deep, deep library of uh, comedy shows. So check that out, and um, we'll see you next time. Thank you guys so much. Bye bye.